Hello, everybody, and welcome to another delicious episode of No Highway Option, the cinema podcast where, uh, what's the main premise of the goddamn show that we've been doing? Where we answer <laughs> the one question that applies to every film ever made, is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 seminal masterpiece, The Pacifier? I'm one of your hosts, Connor J. Burke, and I am the geeky, pale, sad boy version of Drink a Champagne. Uh, I'm your other host, Luke, um, and I'm the, the balding version of Drink a Champagne. And we have a very special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Lon. I am the short black male version of Drink a Champagne. The best edition, limited edition. <laughs> the limited edition. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by all of that, today we are talking, the movie given to us uh, by last week's guest, Josh, is The Cheetah Girls, the 2003 Disney Channel original movie. It's the first decom we've got. I'm kind of surprised it took this long. Yeah. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's an hour and a half long, so it definitely qualifies as a movie. Huh. I don't what even a, know where to start. What a classic, though. Do either of you have history with it? I saw it a lot of times as a kid. I, I'm not going to dance around it. Um, there were parts of this that I forgot, like, and then there were other parts of it that I like could probably say word for word. <laughs> yeah, I felt really similarly. I had I grew up with an older sister, and you know, if she watched this stuff right to me or the TV, I'd watch it too. And like to be honest, I didn't hate to watch it when I was young. I mean, how old were we? Like eight? Yeah, eight when it came out. Like yeah, like I'd watch anything. So I definitely have seen it, and I definitely had enjoyed it. This was one of the ones as an eight-year-old where if my sister watched it, I would be like, Ew, that's the girl movie. Like, I want to watch Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off where they do sports. Uh. Oh, dude, I only remember that horrid chocolate chicken that he did yeah. to win, like, the Million Dollar Cook-Off. It it's was, like, like terrible. His, like, uh. big invention is vague purple sauce. But we're not talking uh, about that. The PB and J smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not talking rat about race. That. Not talking about that today. Today we're talking about the Cheetah Girls. Uh, the first thing that I noticed in the movie was Raven Simone always just credited as Raven, or was that only for this? I don't know. She, I don't. Did she have star power going into this? Because I remember she was on the Cosby Show. She was I remember the... she was on things. She was in other things. But like, like did she have like star billing? Yeah, she had the Cosby Show, and That's So Raven, I think, had just started at this point. Yeah, I, I think ah, that's a great show. So I guess that's why it's just as Raven. Famous, really well, famous. She was like really a tornado. Yeah, she, honestly, her character like could get an entire 30 minutes on this podcast. There was a <laughs> lot of ups and downs How experienced by the Cheetah Girls. Mostly the worst. <laughs> she's like kamala harris this entire movie <laughs> which is to say like i have to support but begrudgingly yeah like uh i'll do it but i'm gonna complain uh, the whole time i'm gonna give myself the mirrored pep talk of the millennium <laughs> <laughs> to support but yeah she is just a lot it, i felt like the cheetah girls only have their girls their friends their like pack or whatever you call uh the unit of measurement for cheetahs and she just flipped on them i mean we gotta get there i guess but mm -hmm. 
she also seems like it seems like the three other cheetah girls who uh are named chanel aqua and what's her real name what's dorinda dorinda i wrote doremi every time they did say that at one point yeah, I have them as their actresses, as their real names. My notes are like a mess because of that. I, they didn't really like, they didn't guide you through that in the beginning. No, but like, it feels like Chanel, Aqua, and Doe were all friends. And like, Galleria seems like the friend who jumped in at the last second. Is but that- then you find out like, it was just Chanel and Gabriella, And then they found the others. No. Which Galleria. was wild. Like gallery, but in Italian. <laughs> That's her name. Yeah. Abbreviated to Bubbles. They really wanted you to know that she was half Italian for like that entire movie. Well, yeah, they made her dad freaking Chef Boyardee. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> this is a place of reverence of Raven's dad in that movie. He was a gem. <laughs> He had two he had two strong women going head to head all the time and he just knew he could get his three words in and then get out. Like that's his job. His he was just perfect. there. He would run in saying something in very fast, I think fake Italian, be like you must listen to your mother. And then just out. Yeah. Swear to Christ he said Cavatelli one time. Just to sound like it was like it it was it was a lot. So we open. Uh, they're performing a song called "Together We Can" at a birthday party where they uh, continually threaten to shoot the moon. Yeah. <laughs> they just—I forgot how fast they just ripped right into it. Oh yeah, I, I, I was thinking the same thing. There's there's no grease under the wheels. That's one of the things about watching decoms on Disney Plus. You're like, it just starts. Like I don't know about you guys, but I literally had to stop and go on YouTube and do and watch the let's watch a Disney Channel movie little theme song that they did because I was like this is how I have to get into the mindset I should have done that (laughs) yeah I didn't think of that that's that's all I thought about that Um, opening song was inspirational though Uh, I I put in quotes walk in space save the human race they think that this (laughs) pop song is going to do a lot for the world the green new deal of pop songs (laughs) the green new deal of music (laughs) it was incredible it was a great piece of music it is fantastic Uh, it gets screwed up because Chanel's heel gets caught and everyone falls into each other but it was still a good time it sounded a little bit, and I know that the kid didn't say it, but it sounded like a, they panned over to a kid at the birthday party and he said, get fucked, as soon as they <laughs> fell down. That would be real New York. The Cheetah yeah, Girls didn't want to show that depiction in New York yet in 2003. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, living in Manhattan. They're freshmen in high school, which none of them look like they are. Yeah, I had forgotten that they were that young, too. Yeah. But they like loudly met the first time they were like, we're going to be the only freshmen to win this talent show. I'm like, oh, freshman in college. Weird that you're still doing this cheetah stuff. But like, OK. And then it shows them in the school. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, those are lockers. They put them in a dead zone of age because as a young as a young kid, I would have imagined they would have been younger or older. Mm-hmm. Right. But like 14 is such a weird age to make a protagonist because everything <laughs> you do is gross and weird. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you're not wrong. Did you notice the audio in the beginning? Like for the whole beginning song, there was like a plane taking off 
And then they started talking, and it was just like it, it continuous. It's like they mic the play. They had a boot mic on the play. Right. They could only do the last take of the day because they're like, shit, this is too close to El- uh, LaGuardia. Just go, go. Right. They're like, no one's, no one's watching this anyway. Apparently, according to IMDb, while they played freshman in high school, Raven was 18, Chanel was 20, Aqua was 17, and Doe was 19. That yeah. Dawson casting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's always such a surprise. Like, I, I was just watching um, Cobra Kai, and I had to. I was looking up some of the ages of some of the kids, and all of them are, they're supposed to be like sophomores or juniors, and they're all 22. Yeah. That's every time Mae Whitman is in something, it's like, uh, she's a high schooler. I'm like, she's been a high schooler since I was six. Right. Right. Yeah. I, it, it blows my mind. And I, and the, the reason I don't, I don't like it is because I don't know what it's for. I don't know who it's for. And I don't <laughs> like that. I, I don't know that like, you know, I think that like, yeah. sure, that you don't yeah. have to cast like limited to just that age group necessarily, but after the third person on the roster, you're doing it on purpose. And it's like, eh, I, I <laughs> make them 14 or 15. There was 15 year olds who were famous. Yeah. I think it's a child labor law thing, honestly. Yeah. Ugh. So like, stop writing parts for people that young, but whatever. Um, <laughs> well, that is your target demo. Yeah. But like, I don't know. They, they'd watch a thing where it's like they're in college. Cause it's like the fantasy of college. You could film a 25-minute movie about the Cheetah Girls, like, very easily, I bet, and you wouldn't break any child labor laws, especially because we, we'll get to this, I guess, but the music, the movie has, like, no plot. Like, there's no real plot here. It's just, they want to win the talent show and also any cliche that gets thrown out. Right, right. That doesn't make it bad, but, I mean, it's good when it has dialogue, like, we have to audition for the talent show, and I don't want to get crunched like corn chips tomorrow. Dude, I wrote that in quotes too, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good lines. There's also, uh, when when uh, Raven's character, Galleria, is listing off famous people, she says, yes. Monica Twigs and Rodney Jerkins. <laughs> which I thought were just like the craziest names you could have thought. Yeah, I don't know if they're real or not. I looked up Rodney Jerkins and I couldn't find it. <laughs> and got sent to some very scary websites. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The FBI agent looking at my browser history is like scalding me right now. Someone must have just watched Cheetah Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel and Galleria mentioned they're going to be friends forever and buy a penthouse apartment. And then they attract a crowd when they start dancing to a poster that they see in a window yeah there's no music playing they just go off it's a crowd that's worried about their mental health i think but then they cheer (laughs) yeah it's funny it burned in my mind is that guy wearing like a kangol cat like a heavy set black guy (laughs) turns around like yeah there's a party going on like that's like the face he makes and it's just like an inexplicably 2000s crowd like you couldn't pay someone to replicate this this yeah a lot of this was like a time capsule of that that all of the outfits and yeah (laughs) the outfits and the slang yeah like how chanel's mom desperately wants to be young so she's like wow isn't this outfit bomb chanel's like mom 
It's tight. No one says bomb anymore. I wrote the same note again. But it's yeah. true. Like it's they it's like they almost were making fun of the fact that like this was not gonna stay in vogue. Yeah. I it's... wrote down don't say tight, say toit. <laughs> toit. Also, they're trying to make Cheetalicious a thing. Cheetah everything. It, they they do that a lot, and there's one point where it gets worse. I I wrote down cheetah chatter as something that mm-hmm. that Gallery's mom said. I thought that was like one of the better ones. But then they we also, get delicious. The I think the moms also refer to their band as being in the Jiggy Jungle. They did say Jiggy Jungle, and they, they said did. it more than once. They said it at least twice. It's, they said it confidently. It's a super strange thing. My thing about this movie is, and it's only because I watched this recently, this feels like the Josie and the Pussycats movie, but if it didn't know how to do satire. Right. It's a a similar plot. It's a similar cat band thing, similar weird stuff. But with that, it's like, this is satirical. We know that this is stupid and we're having fun with it. And this is just like, yeah, buy some CDs and shit. Right. This is formulaic. This is very... They did not know that they were a product of the 2000s and nothing else. Mm -hmm. But the kids who were watching probably also didn't know. Yeah. No, they... I guess us. (laughs) No, I wasn't sitting there going as an eight-year-old being like, uh, I won't watch this because it's trite and predictable. I was sitting there, I was like, this isn't a cartoon, I don't want it. No, man, you were sitting there clapping, cheetah sisters, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we haven't wiped the dust of the 1990s off yet. That's why everything has like a very like Aaliyah-esque old R&B Monica vibe to it that I mm-hmm. can't explain. Like it, it runs deep in this movie. Uh, Chanel's mom mentioned something about dating a rich French dude named Luke. And so she's not paying attention to Chanel. So we have her character arc set up. Is that the we plot have... of the sequel? Something to do oh, with really? the French guy? Yeah. Or either they were in France or Spain. I think they do I a, could buy it. it I think it, I think it was Spain. Yeah, they eventually yeah. do get on. Like they do get their world tour. At one point in school, Chanel asks, "Are you sure the Louisiana purchase had nothing to do with gumbo?" Which is very funny line. <laughs> and then we meet with fake Australian accents. The two boys in this movie, Derek and Mackerel. <laughs> My favorite guy named after a fish. (laughs) They get maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie because after they come up and they like harass Raymond or or they flirt with him, whatever they're really doing, they go off into the corner of the shot and just keep like ambient fist bumping (laughs) for like the whole time. Like it pans over to them and they're still doing it until they bump into a guy and fall over. It's like a minute and a half. I did not see that. They walk backwards to do it. I wrote this guy. I did not know his name the entire time, actually. I wrote him as 2000s hair guy. <laughs> and You're not wrong. He had, like, that, like, post-Boy Meets World era, like, I flip it like this, like, hair. And it was very... It, I mean, it was his defining feature. He had a moment in that movie. He did. He... Yeah, he had a big moment. Um, I love how the Australian accent, he comes in with the beginning like, Crikey, it's the Cheetah Gals. Did you watch this with subtitles? Because the subtitles specifically say Steve Irwin impression. 
No, I missed that. Not just yeah, an Australian I missed, accent. I watched it with those, and I still missed it. Gabrielle at one point claims that cheetahs are the fastest and fiercest animals in the jungle, but like I've seen a bunch of Twitter videos where it's like they're anxious, just big kittens. Right. They're they're <laughs> very frail. I think because yeah. in order to run very fast, your bones can't be that dense. So they probably break them. They probably get eaten by stuff with strong jaws. Animal Kingdom's a scary place, kid. <laughs> it is. Derek and Mackerel switch audition times for the talent show with the Cheetahs. Um, this is when we get the whole thing about Derek wanting to date Galleria, whatever. There's a quick mention to the history teacher. Did anyone catch the name? Was it Lynn Manuel Miranda? It's Mrs. Almanac. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just a thing. They were folding it in, in, in some key areas of this script. <laughs> I mean, I understand that. Whenever I try to write, I can't get names to sound like real names, but they just were like, well, I mean, <laughs> we, can't get jo- we can't get John Henderson to sound real, so just like, mackerel. <laughs> right. There was no like Mrs. Johnson, Mr. Smith. There was nothing like that in there, and they could have used it. Oh no, I have an English test with Mrs. Oxford Dictionary. Uh, it's it's bad. The naming is... Sometimes they hit. Like, we, we gotta get to the hits. There's some hits. Yeah. And now it's time for the audition. May the growl power of previous divas be with us now. A weird prayer thing. <laughs> You can't say that when you when you and I did the clowns prayer before improv shows. <laughs> At least the clowns are are guided by a set of principles and clownliness. This cheetah this cheetah prayer thing was very misguided. I thought didn't make any sense. Not really. No. Are they part of a cult? Is that how they get their singing powers? Is this a more interesting movie that I could have written? <laughs> a cheetah cult. It's basically a cult with none of the perks, at least at first. They're fighting yeah. a lot of this movie. Basically. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, the sequel is, is similar. Like my brother and I used to joke about how these movies I didn't I didn't ever saw the third one, the one without Raven. But the structure is like they're chilling and then Raven is like a crazy diva and then everyone has to deal with that and then they get back together. <laughs> From what I remember they use that trope a lot in like just things i feel like a lot of like mm-hmm. when when the girl group gets famous someone has to be the beyonce thing but they skip over the destiny child's part you know this also we'll get to it later but beyonce took big inspiration from one moment in this movie oh, and i'll God. mention <laughs> it later their so audition, ominous. Their audition song is Cinderella, which feels like a good early 2000s girl group song. Apparently, Slaps. according yeah. to IMDb, it was Absolutely. actually made by a girl group called Play. It slaps. It does. It is good. Like a, they're, The songs in this one, the ones that hit, really hit. Like mm-hmm. That one in the beginning didn't hit so much for me. I kind of like the like, one in the beginning a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get it. We get Galleria and Chanel's mom come down to watch the audition. And Galleria's mom brings Toto, their dog. 
And there's a whole setup where every time Galleria sings, Toto runs to her and starts dancing. Weird showcase for the dog who, like, must be, like, some famous dog, right? I guess. I mean, That's the happiest dog I've ever seen. I think it's even weirder that, like, it's a plot point later. Right. This dog, well, this dog dances, like, quarterly. I'm pretty sure he danced once in the beginning. He dances, dances again. He dances at the end. Like, he dances. Yeah, each act, it's like, this is the uh, dog dance. He helps her write songs. <laughs> and I don't know, they kept alluding to, she would sing a little bit, and then the dog would bark about it, and she'd be like, see, he likes it, but I don't know that he likes it. Right. It's just the dog. Yeah. <laughs> we get the audition is being judged by the art teacher that we mentioned before, a former 70s, 80s star, Drink a champagne. <laughs> a god, a goddess among men and women in this movie. Like, she was punching, punching below her weight. I think here, she was definitely. I thought she was a bigger actress, but I don't think. Like I looked up the name and I was like, oh, I don't know her from anything. She mentions that uh, all of the Cheetah Girls remind her of different versions of herself. Galleria is the biracial hip-hoppin' version of Drinka. Chanel is the hot Latin spicy version. Aqua is uh, Drinka from the sassy south. And Dorinda is the one who's able to dance slash shrimpy and white. <laughs> yeah, there is something great about the line shrimpy and, right, and white. It sounds like a Chinese food order. Right. That's how I order my noodles. Yeah, how would you like your fried shrimpy rice, uh, shrimpy and white? Alfredo, please, sir. <laughs> um, so they make it into the show, and then famous alumni of the school, Jackal Johnson, who's Jackal a Johnson. He's a producer, and he just shows up. A famous creep from down the street. Well, why? Why was he at this random? <laughs> like he? It wasn't even the show. It was, like, the audition for the show. So it's not even like he just saw a flyer for, like, the local talent show. He just walks in on rehearsal, like, he w- picking he, up teams. He was an alumni of the school, so I guess he just peaked in high school and is just like, when I go back, everyone's going to be so happy to see me. Ugh, like, I didn't like that vibe. It was very R. Kelly to me. I mean, of course, like, you know, we have uh, foresight now, but yeah, back then, I guess I should have thought that was weird. It's also weird he looks like Tom Kenny, the guy who voices Spongebob. Like, they have a similar face. Uh, I don't know what he looks like. He has a Kenny, a Tom Kenny face. Yeah, he's, he's got a little... I had to look up, like, that's not him, is it? But uh, he hears their song, and he's like, I'm in. This is my new girl group. I think the next big thing may have spots. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's Chanel screams, oh my god, we have spots. <laughs> Like I said, the writing, it leaves something to be desired. <laughs> there are good lines, though. Like it's later, perfection. Uh, uh, Galleria's mom is wary of a hotshot, creepy record producer going into a high school talent show audition and trying to poach the girls. Which makes sense. I go back and forth on her. I, 
I under I get the having bad vibes from this thing. Oh sure, I get having bad vibes of like a creepy guy who just showed up. But also, she could have just said they don't do anything without me and gone to the record stuff. Like she could have just been there with the kids the whole time. Not her but lawyer. Look at the that. paperwork. But without that, you know, what we wouldn't have gotten tension. The wonderful <laughs> exchange of dialogue, uh, where Galleria and her mom are fighting about. If Galleria can go meet Jackal Johnson with the rest of the Cheetah Girls. And Galleria's mom is like, no, it's creepy. Stop. This is terrible. And she's like, but I worked so hard and I'm going to keep working hard. And if I make a CD, then I'll be able to pay for college. Uh, What good is eating your vegetables if you can't have dessert? (laughs) And then Galleria's mom whips around and screams, strong bones and teeth. (laughs) Uh. There are aware points. Like, I, I feel like the same person didn't write this whole script. I feel like someone had the opportunity, yeah, someone um, had the opportunity to pepper some lines in that either added coherency or comedy, but some people just put some, some poopy in here. They were a they believable were... mother-daughter pair. They had a similar level of extra. It's true. They were actually really good. I, I wonder what part is that is a credit to the writing and what part is just like the gravitas that the actress that plays Galleria's mom has. Because she has like a very like businesswoman acumen presence. To yeah. Her. And they just had good chemistry with each other. They do. And the dad um, was there also are two there. Two credited writers on this uh, De- Deborah Gregory, who wrote apparently a series of books about the Cheetah Girls, and Allison Taylor like the president from 24 played by cherry jones probably not (laughs) this is two layers of people i don't know (laughs) she wrote one and two and then after that she wrote stuff like uh she created the tv show just jordan i've seen that physically (laughs) and um i don't know an episode of class of 3000 i like that show i love that show She's got she's got credits. All right. I'm sorry for not knowing who you were, lady. You're you're doing your thing. Chanel's mom suggests that they're going to move to Paris with Luke, which makes Chanel sad. Huh. So the Dorinda thing, um, you know, we we all know the twist is coming and it starts to roll up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's coming. But uh I'd submit that up until you get the scene where you actually find out what the twist is, the twist could just as easily have been that she lived in the sewer with the Ninja Turtles. Um, and right, I say that, I say that because that first scene where she gets out of the taxi and she's like, "No, let me out here." in front of the sewer grate is remarkably similar to the scene in the original Ninja Turtles where they the turtles order a pizza and then the pizza guy is standing confused in front of the sewer grate and they say, just put it down here. <laughs> that's incredible memory. That's, yeah, that's specific. Is that uh, your entire argument, sir? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's just like, Does while I was rest? watching it with Savannah, we... Like, I, I said that, and then we just couldn't get off of it. So it's just every time something happened, it would be like, she lives with the Ninja Turtles. And they'd be like, her oh, well, twi- who's her parents? And be like, it's a big rat who does Ninja. You know, I'll give you that. I'll give you those points. Because they act like it's going to be something much crazier than it is. 
like and then it's not that so it really could have just been like they see leonardo like he turns around like it's not what it looks like cowabunga i'm so proud of my daughter (laughs) (laughs) i remember that there was a twist with dorinda like in my mind's eye i saw like just the thing of her crying against the fence and i was just like in my notes, I'm like, she's below the poverty line, right? Is that the big reveal? Like, I forgot what it was, but it was close. Yeah. Right, no, I I thought the same thing. I thought that she was housing insecure because she was, like, sweeping. And I'm just like, all right, so she lives, like, you know, like, there was also, like, a trope and some things where, like, somebody would, like, live, like, in the school. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, I, I thought that that was, like, her deal. That's why she never was like, oh, yeah. Like, come to my normal house. It's just like, you know, fill with the twist. But um, at this point, Franco, who is Gallery's dad, convinces her mom to let Galleria call Jackal and set up a time, have her mom go with her. I wish I spoke Italian because all the subtitles for Franco have his English talk, and then it just says in parentheses, speaks uh, Italian. They made no yeah. effort. <laughs> Didn't even try. It happened so much, too. It was a trope. <laughs> now that they call Jackal, news gets around the school, and they're school famous. Everybody's so excited for the Cheetah Girls. Hooray! And uh, this is the Beyonce influence thing that I was talking about. Aqua and doe are just eating lunch like you know children and galleria is like hey no no we have to act like stars now stars don't carry hot papa hot sauce in their purses and i was like um excuse me hot sauce in my bag swag oh you know i do remember that reference because i thought something similarly too because i thought that it was kind of just mean to say and it was going to become in vogue in like, you know, 10 yeah, years. In, what was it, 13 years, I think? Right. Because that, that really hit me. I was like, did she write that li- lyric as a direct response to the Cheetah Girls? You no, know, you might have a good conspiracy theory. Is she, she trying to start beef? Hadn't she? Hmm? What year is this movie? She had split by that time. Yeah. I think this is right before Sasha Fierce and Halo stuff. Yeah. My sister's obsessed with Beyonce, so I know, like, more than I thought I would. Yeah, your Beyonce timeline is impeccable. (laughs) (laughs) So, the meeting right beforehand. Oh no, Galleria and her mom are stuck in traffic. And then Galleria steps in dog poopy. Uh-oh. She got them fudgy feet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I made fudgy feet all over the stage floor. She embarrasses herself in front of Jackal, but after Chanel wipes her shoes off, it's okay, because Galleria's already becoming the big bad diva leader. Well, see, I think what's interesting is looking back, I always remembered that there was like some big shift in her personality and really it's just her. she's yeah she's the same the whole time <laughs> right she is the most consistent facet of this film 
success or no success she would be like the manager at the mcdonald's who's like all right everybody we need to do this and to like make ronald proud and it's like no we don't (laughs) it's like we could actually get by doing the bare minimum people are still gonna come (laughs) we could just we could just put lettuce on a regular uh cheeseburger meal and call it a celebrity meal that's not ronald luscious cool it's bacon bacon counts it does count you can get a bacon (laughs) quarter pounder isn't I don't know. I, see, I, I got that the other day. I drove through. We're doing a Travis mm. Scott thing, right? Yeah. Because I was like on the phone and I was like, all right, I got to stop. So I, I stopped to get the meal. And I think it also has something to do with the fact that Sprite is the drink with it. Um, and oh. it's it's the bacon on the Quarter Pounder. Um, also, you get a barbecue sauce packet. That's part of it for some reason. Weird. Did you try <laughs> the spicy nuggets? I didn't. Spicy nuggets aren't bad. I'm into them. I gotta anyway. try them. I haven't been to McDonald's in a couple weeks. <laughs> Only anyway, for the Travis um, Scott. Okay, so now that we're on this subject, uh, later Jackal mentions that the Cheetah Girls are gonna be everywhere on like hamburgers, tacos. What's the Cheetah Girl meal at McDonald's? I'm failing this test. I'm. I just wanted to see what you guys would pitch because I think I have one in mind. Maybe. I think it's got to be like a. You take a spin on like a like a Happy Meal type thing, um, where each one of them has their own thing. Um, like probably Dorinda's your fries, and then uh, uh, your your drink has something to do with Aqua, um, and then your burger is Raven, and your chicken is Chanel. Chanel, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking. Uh spicy chicken big mac oh mm. i get it the color the juxtaposition <laughs> the the like group of them in the stack and then aqua's whole thing about hot sauce because that's what gets them the contract with jackal the hot sauce thing right that that scene i don't have enough words for it honestly <laughs> it's like there at, at one point did you guys notice the, uh, I don't remember if I'm too early for this, the schedule guy, the guy whose only yeah. job was mm-hmm. to just give him the schedule? Yeah, was that the, that's not the guy with dreadlocks, is it? Isn't there it a is. guy with dreadlocks later? No, it's the same guy. Okay. Yeah, cool, because I couldn't tell if, like, I was being self-racist by not telling <laughs> that was the same guy or not, but, like, he, you couldn't tell, because he was, like, standing up differently, something was different. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. He was back there like his like his henchman, and his whole thing was for for like half of the movie. It was like he would shout schedule and give it to him, and then he became the marketing director. But up until that point, you know, they 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 hire from the inside. Deal with Jackal is coming through. They give contracts to Galleria's mom, and they're like half a page long contracts. It's just like a small Manila folder with no paper in it. <laughs> Yeah, that was the shortest contract I've ever seen. Yeah, I was like, I've signed bigger contracts to work at a liquor store. So Galleria is now officially full of herself and the worst at school, and Aqua and Doe are tired of it. And we find out they have a bashing site, (laughs) chompcheetah.com. I love that scene because it's just the perfect level of pettiness to (laughs) to purchase the domain name. Like, and, like, make this, like, this blog site. It's, like, it's so 2020, but, like, no one would do it in 2020. It's, like, so it's so 2003. 
Yeah, it's probably like a GeoCities site or something. Like, they went through so much effort to make an online slam book for them. Back when, like, you really had to, like, boot the computer up. Uh, you're right. Nobody would do it in 2020 because it does not exist. No web page. Oh, man. I was hoping it was still up. Like, someone was just chilling out the couple bucks. I was hoping it would, like, redirect to Disney Channel's website or something. It was the life work of someone who was like, every year I have to give $3 to keep this up. <laughs> so the uh, talent show rehearsal, we get a peek at one of the other acts. It's a stand-up comedian doing bits about a bird. His pet pterodactyl, right? That's got to be a pterodactyl he's talking about. It something... was so surreal. <laughs> he says something later about like being a bird guy. And I don't know. I just want to see his three minutes. I think it was great. Like, they loved it. Like, so, and it was a tough crowd. Yeah, I'm so intrigued by it. Three minutes is also a weird amount that they yeah, gave that's short. Yeah, I thought that was a very weird amount of time to give that comedian. <laughs> Gotta have a tight five. Nobody does tight threes. Drinka also continually drops disco song titles for the beginning of this. Yes, what was that uh, first one? I wrote it down. The first one, they're like, what'd you think, Drinka? And she goes, huh. I will survive. And then... Uh, Lovely. Afterwards, they mention, oh yeah, you heard we got the contract with Jackal, and she goes, huh, I heard it through the grapevine. And I'm like, is like, is she being played by a famous disco person? What's the joke here besides she was a She was a prior disco star. She talks about her, uh, her previous title, Champagne Bubbles of Life. Yeah. That was yeah. a great part. She uh she talks about what was it the the riots or the fire or something of seventy seven so Some like she's in a disco tech kind of kind of era. It's it's so strange. They're recording their demo on Saturday, but that's the talent show date, and Gal is all about the demo. Galleria, I started refer- referring to her as Gal because Gallery is too much to write out. At the same time, Doe is helping out with dance auditions at their local youth center, and she gets recruited to join a dance crew. But she needs the signature of her parents, and how can they sign the form? Because they're Ninja Turtles! That's a really good point. Everyone knows turtles can't write. They got a hilarious amount of fingers. (laughs) Three. Are the Ninja Turtles literate? Oh. Donatello has to be, right? this is going deep in the lore. Because, <laughs> like, if, if Donnie does all the computer, if Donatello does machines, like, he has to be able to read something. That's true. I mean, he has to be coding to be doing those complex logistics. Yeah. Do we have any turtle experts out there? Call in. Yeah, right? Yeah, call our new hotline. I've never seen him do, like, a Charlie Brown, like, writing <laughs> the words above them type thing before. <laughs> At the same time, Chanel goes home to see her mom, but Luke surprised her with Broadway show tickets. So Chanel goes on a shopping spree out of spite. Yeah. Real quick. I love the montage. It is a fun montage, and I just wanted to write this down for my own sake. Here are some of the shows that she may have been going to see. 2003 on Broadway, we got a Wicked wicked hugh jackman's boy from oz nine the revival of little shop of horrors gypsy jackie mason's laughing room only chess 
Avenue Q or A Year with Frog and Toad? I don't know. Huh. There, those are some good options. She could have been seeing any one of those. Yeah. I almost looked at the opening dates and being like, when does this movie take place? But then I was like, <laughs> oh, I have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got to be wicked, right? It has yeah, to but be wicked. This didn't look like it took place in October. They were wearing shorts. I don't know. They were always wearing they're, a lot of coats. They were wearing coats. shorts, but they weren't. They didn't look like super cold. I don't know. My shorts mark the passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we find out. Uh, Chanel tries to find Dorinda, and finds out that she is a foster kid, and Mrs. Bosco is her foster mom. But um, before realizing she's a foster kid, she's basically like, "You're half black. Hell yeah." That's awesome! Way to be half black. She's like, I knew you had some C's in there. I was like, whoa, this would not fly. It's it's such a weird reaction because she's trying to be so nice about it, but it's like, stop, it's so, stop, please stop. It's such a scene, man. It start if we get from there to Dorinda just sobbing against the the gate. Mm. To me, the, the I guess, not craziest part, and I'm not going to pretend to put myself in the shoes of someone who has lost their family members, but it just seemed like the big secret was that it was, like, specifically a foster family, not, like, insecurities about, like, that she didn't have a, a mom or a dad, like, in a traditional sense. So it, it made it seem kind of weird that it was, like, pitched as, like, such a big deal to everyone. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking, too. Was like, yeah, I get that. I, do people really re- react that crazily like i just i can't picture myself as a child having someone who i was friends with tell me that they were like in the foster family and having me like be mean to them about it you know right Mm -hmm. especially when she was in like a pretty traditionally like it seemed like a good like there was a lot of kids in there as like a you know a consequence but they seemed that they were well taken care of they seemed like nice The, the, the foster mom was nice so like why wasn't it just like this is my mom and like you know these kids annoy me just like your brothers to annoy you but like she's i don't know they're freshmen in high school and kids are dicks true yeah i always forget that so chanel buys doe and alfred doe drops the news about the dance crew that she's gonna join what's gonna happen to the cheetah girls it's eight weeks it's a summer job why does she have to leave the band right because go ahead that's all I got, because <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it was just an ellipsis, huh? Like I, I couldn't get that either. Before the meeting with Jackal, there's cover art that Gallerita slapped together in Photoshop, and it focuses mostly on her, which is finally what causes Chanel to snap and be like, "You are being such a diva," <laughs> and she's like, "Me? No, no, I'm not a jerk ass." <laughs> She made herself literally like three times as big as anyone else yeah. and put herself in the middle. It was like, do you not think anyone's going to notice? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not good. And um, yeah, also during all this, she's like, do you think this is all about you? Do you think everything about you is so hard? Did you know Doe doesn't have parents? <laughs> like she just drops that in there. Yeah, she's known that secret for literally like six hours and just came in hot. But now they go to a meeting with Jackal, and Jackal reveals he wants to change the Cheetah Girls to uh, the market-safe global get-down, complete with animal masks. Gal is still a cheetah, 
Doe is a panda, Aqua is a seal, and Chanel is a snow leopard. It's vegetable friendly. Nobody liked that. They made that guy, the, the schedule man, the marketing director. And his first line as marketing director basically is, the letter G is big this year. <laughs> which I just thought was an insane thing to say in terms of just the name of a girl group. Nothing else. Also, Global Get Down sounds like a song, not a band. Yeah, it sounds like a 1970s riff that like you find in a thrift store for it's like, like a, vinyl. It's a Cool in the Gang B-side. now here's my global get down question for you guys do you think that this was a first draft concept um or do you think that global get down was pitched as a different thing because i I think (laughs) i think it's a first draft concept it's too dumb see that i think there's a world where this initially was pitched as um they were they were doing a racism plot and that's why everyone was wearing masks and they leaned into this whole thing and then they brought it to disney and disney was like that is way too hard for what we are swinging at here interesting but like i like that conspiracy theory that's that's not bad although like decom they already did the color of friendship which is literally an apartheid drama with children yeah there really is like a literal a line. Very problematic apartheid drama. There's a literal <laughs> color line in that movie. I remember. My family watched it like at the beginning of quarantine, and afterwards, my sister and I looked at my dad, and we were like, "That was messed up. Like that's there's not like I see what they're trying to do, but they missed a lot with that." The 2000s had some uh, some stories like that. I remember in my mind's eye, so we laughed. That there was a show or a movie on Nickelodeon called Maniac McGee. And the whole plot was that he had to like untie this like very complicated series of knots to like make black people free. I don't know. It was a very confusing. I don't know if that's true. The name sounds familiar, but not that part. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's what I think the movie's about, but that's what I feel like it was about. He's like, and everyone was like, he's really undoing this knot. <laughs> And of course, I miss this that will, one. This will especially be relevant to Alan and like two other people who listen to the podcast. This is around the time where we get my friend Martin. Oh, what a film! <laughs> that is a piece of cinema magic. So the replacement song is called "All Around the World," and it's strange. I don't think it's terrible, but it's not good. It's not earwormy. It actually <laughs> kind of sounds like tinnitus. <laughs> uh, and it actually yeah. becomes like a plot point yeah. like the second after it's introduced Galleria says no and the rest of the band is like I don't know is this because we're not using the song that you wrote and then Galleria quits oh no yeah. but she's Jackal, like who's gonna be the boss Jackal doesn't care cause she can be replaced which makes the rest of the girls mad and there are so many girls waiting right outside like I'm pretty sure uh, the one girl from Phil of the Future is out there yeah, there was, like, a bunch of girls in, like, koosh jackets, just, mm-hmm. like, in, like, other 90s, late 90s, 2000s stuff, like, gack, just ready to go. Uh, so now everyone is sad. Uh, Doe's getting ready to leave with her dance crew. 
Chanel's mom finds out about her spiteful shopping spree and gets mad at her. Galleria's having a sad heart-to-heart with her parents about being right, and Aqua can't get a cab. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad for Aqua. They just didn't have anything for her. Nothing. Her entire plot thread is, I don't like taking the subway. Yeah. Do you know uh, what she does now? Now what? So Aqua still does music, all right? Uh, And she grew up to sing songs pretty much exclusively about boning. Um, she has this one, and I, uh, I don't know all the words, but I know that the chorus, like it, it continues to come back to, and the sex was spectacular. <laughs> and it's that same girl, and you can hear her voice, and you're like, that's fucking weird. It's such a gratuitous like, music library. <laughs> and the sex was spectacular but and like they have a line for her where she's like i have to get to my trig class at nyu and it's like you're a freshman in high school like do more with that (laughs) are we gonna hear anything else about that instead no she's just scared of the subway she needed a plot she had one pivotal moment in the very beginning of the film i hate to go all the way back but she she did a very 2020s thing which was she had like a sanitizer wipe to grab the cab and she grabs the inside of the cab, which I felt like was like, you know, indicative of like how people would act in the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. They leave their masks down. They wear gloves in the grocery store and eat candy. I liked that. I thought she, I thought that was a good moment for her. So uh, everyone's sad, blah, blah, blah. Uh, is sad now playing the piano and Derek likes it. He really likes it. Even though Raven's fake piano playing is all over the place (laughs) if you look at her hands they don't line up she couldn't even move her body like she was playing the piano (laughs) like i when she like she starts playing and she like does this awkward slouch over and i'm like i've never seen somebody play the piano and not just keep their wrist up (laughs) yeah that's a good point so while on a walk with toto galleria hears the global get down oh no the Cheetah Girls did it without her, so this causes her to freak out, and Toto falls into a hole. And uh, this is why I think that Toto is showing us that he doesn't like music consistently. Because every time we're like, oh, he's barking at it, but he does the exact same thing to Global Get Down. So either he just likes all music, or he hates all the music in this movie. That's the best conspiracy theory you come up with. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Get a good line from a cop. Dog in a hole. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Especially since he came over, like, she pushed him out of the way, and he had, like, he had anger in his, in his eyes. eyes. And then it was just about the dog. Uh, yeah, I put in my notes, I hope no one gets shot. <laughs> Which was yep. just, just because of just, like, the optics of the entire situation. <laughs> And that's yeah, what it but, looked like when he was walking over. Uh, dog in a hole. That's bad. Better call for backup. <laughs> so while backup arrives, we see some of the talent show. We see another snippet of stand-up kids set. I want more. We yeah. should have gotten that instead of what we got instead, actually. Yeah. Instead of Sonic Chaos, which just made me laugh because I was like, Sonic the Hedgehog Chaos Emerald. But Yeah, they didn't try. No. Derek and, again, Mackerel, 
this act where Mackerel is the DJ and Derek raps two lines about? It's about two lines. It's come on, come on. If you like what you're hearing, then come on. It's something, something, jump about, make the people uh, scream and shout. And like, that's pretty much it. It's the whole song. And this, uh, the whole movie, Derek and, and friend, uh, Derek and Mackerel, are constantly like, oh, you guys don't really play music. You don't play real music. And but we are playing real music with our they. instruments. I had the same thought. <laughs> I just didn't get why he was being so pretentious. The, uh, the part where he's like kind of flirting with Raven when like she's alienating herself from her friends, he's like, he's like, you know, I didn't like your music because you don't, weren't speaking from like the soul. So he gets up and he just like makes that. Come on. Is that what's in your Come soul, on. Derek? It's vapid. It's vapid. I mean, it's somehow pretentious still. He's a freshman in high school boy. Like, there's nothing going on in heads at that point. But he just like remade Jump Around, but like worse. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Toto Watch is on the news, and we get to complete Aqua's character arc. Uh, she shows up to the scene having taken the subway. Good job. Um, everybody, the whole street is shut down. The whole street's shut down. Everybody comes together to make sure Toto's okay. The firemen cut the power, so there's no power in the talent show. So everyone leaves for more Toto watch. And Toto is eventually saved by the Cheetah Girls singing because he always runs towards Galleria when she sings. There's the plot point. So there's so much to even broach in that. I think you should just keep going. Yeah. Um. So the dog is saved. The girls reunite with an apology song. Derek plays electric guitar in the middle of the street, and um. Yeah. Cheetah girls, cheetah sisters, forever. How, how big is the hole? Because the the fireman oh, is standing in there, and yeah, they're I like. Don't know. They're like, can you get the dog out? And he's standing. It looks like he's standing in the way of the dog getting out. <laughs> yeah, it stands to reason that if the dog can jump out and not even by moving any debris, just by jumping out, that like we could have probably gotten him. It's a tiny dog, too. And where's the where's the hole? Because it looked like the hole was on the sidewalk. And now you've stopped traffic. The news is here. Yeah. And she, I, it's she a cute dog, really. But... Like, Galleria doesn't really call for Toto to come here. She just goes like, oh no. Instead of like, can you try to get out? And instead they're constantly like, I don't know if he's breathing. His head is drooping. This is bad. Oh man. There was that one shot of him in the hole where his head was drooping. He looks so sad. (laughs) I have have something for that in the criteria. After Cheetah Girls, Cheetah Sisters, we find out that the globe will get down to someone else. Uh, Dorinda doesn't take the dance gig. She's just going to keep working where she is. And the Cheetahs win the talent show. Fuck you, Jackal Johnson. There's an ambulance. Somebody called an ambulance. I think it was just 911. For the dog, Everything shows up. Yeah. I was thinking that somebody was, like, hurting the dance number that took place. (laughs) Because, like, the firemen were just, like, fucking around. They were just like, yeah, let's dance. There's just a, there's an unrelated heart attack that happened a block away. <laughs> That's but, um, so dark. So that was the Cheetah Girls from 2003. Yeah. I now, really like, the phone call 
Oh yeah, the Jackal four Johnson of them. calls, and you got to figure like there's a confused secretary on the other end of the line, and like Raven's like, tell him we don't want that, and tell him the cheetahs are powerful, and that the cheetahs don't stay, stand for no shit. And then she passes it along to the next one, and the next one is like, oh yeah, and also tell him our favorite color is purple, and then they keep <laughs> passing down the line. You got to figure there's like a secretary going like, ah, can, you, can you hold on? Just give me, can you repeat that? That was a lot of notes to write. I remember yeah. that part and just thought like, just end the call. <laughs> yeah, just just hang up. That's more powerful than being like, fuck you. And also, you suck. And also, eat shit. And also... Cheetah girl power. Cheetah-licious. Cheetah-licious. So now it's time to move on to the criteria, what we do every week, where we compare this film to the 2005 seminal masterpiece of Vin Diesel's The Pacifier. First up, how's the soundtrack? It is catchy, fun 2000s time. It's amazing. I, I think it's the best part. Oh, yeah. Oh, best part, definitely. It slaps. It's like some of them are hit or miss, but it's way more hit than miss. And it's like, it's why you're here. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's hard to make songs for, you know, 2000s girl pop groups and TV movies. And they pulled it off mostly. Like, they're hitting like three quarters. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it to them. I'd, it's not the all-time best Disney Channel movie soundtrack, but it's it's good. Where does the main actor land on the dieselometer, which is a scale comparing their performance to the performance of various Vin Diesel movies based on charm and ability? I actually had one for this week. I said Raven Simone as Galleria is uh, Dom Toretto in Fate of the Furious. <laughs> oh, I mean, she. She did, she wasn't a great lead. She she was kind of unlikable as a protagonist. Well, she, yeah, she's a protagonist to herself and kind of an antagonist to everyone else, pro- right. acting mostly in her best interest. And from what I remember, that's that's what happens in Fate, right? Oh, you gotta save the baby. Yeah. Um, Always save the baby. <laughs> but yeah, I feel that he breaks off from the family. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I said it was the infamous Vin Diesel and The Rock feud, and I'm not going to weigh in on who's to blame in that, but egos were involved, and at the end, the family was reunited. I love that one. They reunited for Fast and Furious Supercharged, only at Universal (laughs) Studios. (laughs) And nine were apparently they're going to go to the moon. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that that got spoiled before the release. Right. Me too. It would have been amazing to see that. Just as an in-theater surprise. I I didn't have one. I knew that it would, that if I was considering Gallery the protagonist, even though she was almost, like, not, mm-hmm. I would say that she was, like, Vin Diesel in, like, a movie where he wasn't that good, like, Pitch Black or something. Like, just any random bad 2000s okay. Vin. Uh, next up, we kind of discussed this in the beginning with our history. Did I like it as a kid, or would I have liked it as a kid? I liked it. Yeah. I wasn't huge because it was the girly sister movie, but I was eight. You were forgiven for thinking that. And you know, it <laughs> was you. literally the girly sister movie. I mean, I yeah. watched it yesterday, yeah. and it was. It definitely was. I still loved it, though. <laughs> My opinions on the Cheetah Girls are airtight. <laughs> Amen. What has the director gone on to do? So this is Oz Scott. He hasn't directed any feature films, 
since this or before this, but he's done a bunch of TV episodes for shows like the reboot of SWAT, which is on CBS apparently. Uh, Gotham. Gotham, which episodes? I don't know. Blackish, NCIS, Number Threeers, Boston Legal, Agents of Shield, stuff like that. Oh, he's got a pretty good career. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, he's working. Is there anything as memorable in this film as the Peter Panda dance from the Pacifier? Uh, Luke, what you got? I I said I feel like the the given the obvious one is the music, but I'm gonna give it to. Uh, the Dorinda scene. Which way? Which one? I'm sorry. The uh, the infamous reveal with the, uh, the crying uh, on the fence. Yeah, no that that was right up there. That's what I put because I just remembered her not being a rich kid. You know, it's funny. I had the most random scene that I just happened to remember. It was when 2000s hair guy kicks off the last uh, song montage by like like shredding on the guitar yeah i was like i was like you can play like that and you performed the jump around remix (laughs) and that's what you brought to the talent show he was in it he's covered in mystique he's actually one of my favorite characters i thought i would hate him well speaking of favorite characters who is your brad garrett slash carol kane insane side character in the film uh elon why don't you go first since you already kind of started it off all right, well, I, the dog's a given. And, you know, at this stage in my life and career, I've seen a lot of dancing dogs. So I'm not going to give it to Toto off a of principle of that. It's an it's a easy slam dunk. I, I want to give it to, there's, I have three. I have Drinka, because that woman, like I said, is a goddess amongst people in that. She just, she handles everything well. Like, at one point, Raven goes off on her, like, calls her a has-been, handles it with grace. She's a great lady. I love Schedule Man slash marketing director. He just had the most, he had more growth than Galleria, technically. Because if you think about it, Cheetah Girls started and ended. They didn't really get anywhere different. There was not much, there was not much progression. But marketing manager, making at least 20K more, his family's happy. Good for him. (laughs) And the last person I wanted to give it to was... uh, I guess I'll throw something the 2000s hair guy. You just think that he's going to be something different, and then he subverts it and then reverts it like a hundred times. He's a great character. Yeah. Yep. I had mackerel, because that's the mm. name for a fish, not a man. <laughs> You're right up to so much better than mine. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that fish name. Uh, I, I give it a toss-up between Drinka and uh, Raven's dad. Frankel. You were also a fan of Raven's dad? Yeah. Super not believable uh, relationship there between the dad and the mom. But uh, he was a lot of fun. She would eat him alive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Capitelli. He stays in the relationship because of fear. It's like, um, what are the names of the parents in Malcolm in the Middle? Um, Hal and Lois? Yeah. It's that same relationship. Yeah, it's very much like uh, Jerry and Beth, like from Rick and mm. Morty type. Like <laughs> this guy's supposed to be like written just like as like the bottom of his of his own household, and good for him. I wish. And uh, last but not least, 
Is there anything in this film that's as batshit insane as the Sound of Music subplot in The Pacifier, which in case you don't remember, is a subplot that is two scenes long, appears with 20 minutes left in the movie. In Seth, one of the young boys Vin Diesel is watching Locker, they discover a swastika armband and the fact that he has bleached his hair, so they think he's a Nazi. But after a bit of uh, stalking, turns out he's just playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music. With a 40-year-old Liesel. Yep. It's weird. Uh, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> I think that my most memorable part was, uh, ironically, the scary PTSD-fueled uh, all-around-the-world montage, where it's like they're playing with the mask and the song's playing oh and the tinnitus <laughs> sound. Because, and I only say this because I literally remembered it for like 20 years like i remember that scary scene it was like etched into my brain somewhere uh, Luke, what do you have yeah i'm a second i also said global get down was the sound of music of this film just the, the idea that who he says that he sold this concept to somebody and that means somebody was in the market and this is what they wanted some weirdo yeah and they didn't have to pick the Cheetah Girls at all. Like, that's not even how record companies work. Rec- yeah. Like, they would pick the Cheetah Girls as, like, their indie cosign, and then they would just, like, put any girls behind the mask. Because why do you want to ruin the Cheetah shit? It's all they have. They have good songs, but, like, not without the Cheetah shit. But, like, yeah, the Cheetah thing is, without that, they're kind of just, like, whatever. So mine was about the dog in the hole. And... It's because when Toto falls in the hole, the camera quality abruptly shifts from being like a legitimate TV camera to like a basic camcorder. And it looks like they actually filmed a dog that was stuck in a hole. Like it doesn't look like that was part of the production. It just looked like they went, oh, hey, uh, have this dog footage. And it's like, oh, shit, make, make that make that part of it. Like yeah, I filmed it the other day. It did totally read as a practical effect that they had a VCR. It's you gotta super... cast a dog like this. It was super weird, but yeah, that 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 just bothered me. And uh, last but not least, we have our ranking and rating comparing it to the pacifier. Uh, whoever wants to go first can go first. Hmm, I could go first. Go I'm nice. gonna be honest. I think that it was all right, but it wasn't as good as the pacifier. The pacifier to me had, I guess, like a gravitas to the whole thing where like I was just totally sold on it. Like anything could happen and I would accept it. But the Cheetah Girls didn't like, you know, it didn't play with my suspension of disbelief. I just thought like Raven is mean and like, (laughs) I don't know, like maybe they were better off when she left. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I gave it three terrifying animal masks out of six. It's not as good as The Pacifier, but it does come close in the same type of, like, cheesy enjoyment department. I like that you make your metrics at a six. I'm going to start doing that. I just do (laughs) arbitrary numbers. Ah, like 12 pelicans? Exactly. (laughs) Connor, I don't know if you remember earlier in the day, I said I had a a weird take on this movie. Uh, Oh, yeah. What's your take? Here it comes. Um... This movie is the modern warfare of DCOM original musicals um, from the early 2000s. I am personally more of a World at War guy. Uh, 
but this one still holds a special nostalgia place in my heart. Uh, I gave it four seal masks and a cheetah-licious dog in a hole, and it's not better than past five. You're throwing your hands up. Usually, yeah, people cause... when people talk about CODs and people talk about how like, oh man, CODs not what it used to be, and it like they talk about like kind of the the golden age of it. It's like always those two. It's like you're either you really love the original Modern Warfare game, the Call of Duty Four, like that's where it peaked for you, or you liked the last one where they were really in World War Two. You like the World at War one. Um, so I would say when you're talking about the uh, the decom musicals, you these are the two like sort of the king and the queen of them. You have your Cheetah Girls, and your other one, your High School Musical. Okay, that's that's not that's completely fair. That's, that's an interesting comparison. I didn't play Call of Duty as much. I would just go to a friend's house and they're like, "We're playing Modern Warfare 2. and I'm like, "Cool, I'm gonna sit here and complain." <laughs> At least you know your role, Connor. Yeah, I, you you know I always do. Um, and that is uh, uh, did you have a that was your ranking and rating? Four seal masks and a cheetahlicious dog in a hole. Not better. There you go. You co-sign that. It's got some good nostalgia points, and it's got a good uh, score. Exactly. So that is our discussion on the Cheetah Girls for this week. Thank you for being on, Alon. And now he is going to give us some clues to find out what we are watching for next week's episode. It's time for the Coming Attractions game. I am going to have some fun with this. I'm scared. I guess (laughs) I should have made sure that this wasn't taken, because, you know, it could have been. But I'm going to do it anyway. And if it's taken, I'll come up with something else. All right. All right. So I give you hints, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Okay, so... Animal theme, animal motif, heavy in this. Also heavy in the movie I'm thinking of. Also maybe Disney. And also... But has more of a plot. Okay. We, yeah. we will say... Let's see what, we can get, what else we can give you. Uh, we have we have a person of color as the main character. We have an animal-driven plot. We have Disney movie, and it's all. I, I'll give you this. It's sports. Oh. Um, is it? Uh, would you describe this movie as? Is there a temperature involved with this? Let's go with this. There are dogs. In one scene, they talk. Yep. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. This is a a fall from grace for an Oscar nominee or Oscar winner. I would say so. Is this an air bud? No. Got it. You get it? Or do you guys both have to get it? I don't remember how this Um, Usually I get it and then uh, (laughs) Luke gets frustrated enough and just goes, just say what it is. (laughs) Um... You can get I this, I believe in it. Give it's me a, one more. It's a 2002, I think? 2000s, a sport, uh, POC protagonist. Let me think what else I can give you. It's not... When, when he says sport, it's not a sport that most kids play. Yeah, it's like a sport, like... It's, it's like a tough sport. And there's a, there's a weather in the title. Hmm. Animal motif running strong, and it's dogs. You could do it. When the animals, he gave are, you half the title there. When the animals are talking, 
it's wait wait a minute is the protagonist a dentist yep it's i is it is it's what's the name of it it's the one it's, it's Cuba Gooding snow Jr. dogs and, isn't it it's snow dogs dude all right <laughs> That's a throwback. So now now we get to do Kangaroo Jack, but cold. It's a film, so I I feel good about that decision. All right, well, I love Kuba. (laughs) Yeah, he does. He does what he can with the material. He does. He doesn't always get a winner, but I was very excited to see what Alam would pick for us, and he certainly picked one that we will be able to talk a lot about next week. So thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much for being on Alon. Do you have anything you want to plug or? Oh, it was a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, For anybody listening, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you know, uh, results may vary. My at is Lonnie Tsunami. And that's about it. I don't have too much going on right now, but it was an honor to be on the podcast, guys. It was thanks for coming. Ah, dude, it was such an honor. I, I love that show. Again. I haven't talked to you yeah. forever. Oh, it was great to chop it up. We should chop it up again soon. All right. And, um, uh, oh. So, as always, follow us on social medias at No Highway Pod or call our uh, hotline with anything you want to talk about from this week's episode or any other time. Um, I'll throw in the number here from the ad. And maybe, maybe you have found out how to get in touch with the owners of the old Rafters Bar and Grill in uh, Amherst, Massachusetts, and you're you're figuring out the recipe for the Yukon Gold Wings, and you're getting that information to me. That is the plug. And you could also call that hotline and say, Connor, here's a job I'd like to offer you. Um, <laughs> so, and of course, special thanks to Ian C. Weber for composing our wonderful theme song. Luke, you look like you're ready to tell me what the C stands for courtroom drama ian courtroom drama weber so yeah that's it tune in next week for snow dogs with a very special guest and for no highway option i've been connor and i've been luke and as i waited (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm not an actor sometimes i miss beats okay no it's (laughs) It's okay. People don't know whether or not they should join in with that because we don't have it clearly set. So I've like started going like, okay, I should wait until they say it's something. It's a social experiment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. It's... And as always, these have been our opinions. And if you don't agree with them, that's too bad because it's our way. No, no highway, highway option. Time for a special announcement! Hey Luke, what's some things you can do with a telephone? Um, if there was like a really mad goose in your house, um, you could hit the goose with the telephone. No, or you could call in to your 
favorite Vin Diesel based podcast. This one, we have a hotline now. 301-941-7493. Or, if you like to think about words, that's 301-941-SIZE. Size. Um, it's size because that's all Google Voice could give me when I wanted to find one that had a word in it. It's because by doing these phone calls, you could help us increase our listener size. There you go. Give us a call. Let's see if this experiment works. Again, that's 301-941-7493 or 301-941-SIZE. Give us a call. Okay, bye. The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.